my peace of mind. Hey, say it out Keep now. All the stuff that's undefined. There it goes. It's time for another episode of Ask Mom. Wait, Ask <laughs> Dad ask? and Mom, Mom and mom. Dad. That's you. No. Gosh, I'm we've just become dad. accidentally gender We're going to figure it out one day. I don't know. How we're, we're, I'll tell you what, sister, sister gender, I'm brother gender. <laughs> and we're here today, we're here today to talk weird. about what it's like to be weird forever. Actually, no, we are um, Greg and Tanya Sawyer, and that's our last name. And if you want to send any um, correspondence to us, you can catch us at um, either one of our names. Tanya's is oddly different. Hers is Tanya's seven, because she had seven children, at SawyerClan.org. And I'm Greg at SawyerClan.org. If you have any questions or want to engage us for any future discourse or tell us your deep, wondering woes of things, and, and uh, we can go from there. Um, <clears throat> We are here for another episode of Ask Mom and Dad, which, as I said last week, we try to um, just come out, come to the questions the way our kids always came to us, which was without warning. And so more, <laughs> more often, Slap in the face. more no, often times, our me. answers to those questions was ask your mother. <laughs> and you would say, ask your dad, because I can figure it out later. <laughs> no, yeah. maybe he knows better. No. It was always kind of fun, though, when you go ask your mother and you go ask your dad and I'd tell the answer and you'd go, no, that's that's not the one. <laughs> And I'd be like, well, which one was well, I supposed to Well, because when give? you spur an answer C, then I can add in the other side of it. That's how we do things. You can go, I didn't have an answer for you, but that's clearly not what we believe about this thing here. Well, each and every week we try to come to you with some kind of, well, each and every week we try to come to you uh, at, at all. all. <laughs> and, and we manage to come to you um, as best we can. As best. We're going to try to get better and better at this. We're learning how and and um, we're operating with, um, I started to say limited atonement because I'm a pastor, so that's because of limited equipment skills. Um, and that's just, and never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm just a mess. Um, we're going to just try and talk about a couple of topics today. And, I, and we want to talk about the, the news a little bit today. Of course, it's an election day. And we don't live in Virginia and we don't live in New Jersey. But there was a whole, I mean, all you had to do is turn on the radio and it's all over the news. Everybody's like, oh, this is what's going well, on. Yesterday was technically it. So today is the results, which it did upset some things which, in, a, in a good way for us. So that's good. Well, and, and I want to talk about that. In a good way for that. parents. Yeah. I, feel I like. want to talk about that because it's the issues of this um, election business seem to center around the imaginary fears that people had about the subject matter of whatever. And, and I, I don't want to get to the subject matter because I think it's a bigger thing for us to deal with. But first, but first, I want to talk about ghost ships. Yeah, you've been so excited about that all week. I have been excited about it. Ghost ships. And, and we can put this in the link description below because our engineer will figure out how to do that for us. But I got to tell you, I found this article the other day and I just need to share it with you because what was funny about it was, um, is, is actually what's happening. And I just, I think, okay, as a pastor, power of God stuff, awesome. And as a guy who likes history, World War II surfaces, awesome. As a woman who likes history, she's like going, no, if it was Spanish to balloons. It was 1500s. It was 1560. Yeah, we really talked, cool, but we're but. talking about 1945, <laughs> 44, 43. No, 45 was toward the end of the war at Midway. Um, and the uh, ghost ships are brought to the surface Pacific. Okay. Uh, here's the top. The, Midway? Uh, those aren't. Hang on. Let me get to the, to the article. That's not the area, quick. is it? Um, it's, it's Japan. It's in Japan. Area. Well, it's in, the, it's in the, the Pacific Theater, which is Japan. So ghost ships brought to the surface. Um, after surface of Pacific Ocean, after underwater volcano erupts near Japanese island. And you can see there's the picture of the ships there. And um, 
It says the vessels sunk during the Battle of Iwo Jima. Now, Iwo Jima, historically, if you don't know, that's the, that is when you go to Washington or and you see the, the, the um, image of the American Flags soldiers being, raising the flag raised, yeah. and that, that flag being raised up, that's Iwo Jima. And it was a pivotal, pivotal battlefield um, because it was... Uh, because it turned the tide, literally turned the tide of the war. But the Japanese were so rooted in, I mean, the war was already turning against Japan at this point, but the, the Japanese were so rooted in that island, they literally sunk their own boats in order to make it difficult for American troops to get to the shoreline. And so what was down below the ocean cool. water was um, was uh, down near the ocean water, down near <laughs> the, the base was was um, was all of these, these sunken ships. And, and you've got... Um, I mean, people knew about it. Battle of Iwo Jima, Battle of Conflict Described, was one of the bloodiest in U.S. Marine Corps history. Um, the battle came to define the Japanese military and its unwillingness to surrender, which is also part of why America decided ultimately to drop a nuclear weapon. Um, that, that's a multiple thing. Um, there was, it was to stem Russia's attack because they were concerned that Russia was going to push red all the way out to, the, to the communism, all the way out to Japan. And so we, we, it was a twofold message, a quick surrender of Japan. Or, and also to tell Russia, don't mess with America. We, we don't want you coming here. And that was the way World War II ended. But this, this particular battle um, was a huge amount of losses. The Japanese lost um, 21,800 troops. And the Allied went, soldiers... Which wasn't anything compared to what we had lost in the war. What do you mean? Just at that battle? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 7,000... Um, no, let me say this again. Let me say that one more time. When the battle was over, 7,000 Allied soldiers were dead just in this one battle. Okay, that's what I was saying. And just 200 of the 21,800 Japanese troops defending the island had been taken alive. So they were they were committed all the way down to 200. Um, so that's crazy. So 2,106, 21,600 okay. so Japanese troops were killed at that battle. In that battle. Okay. okay. Wow. That is pretty good. And so it's it's significant because it, it's it's one more thing, and I think that we can even roll over into this thing. It's it says something a little bit about the difference in how th the rest of the world doesn't see the world like Americans see the world. In, in other words, it's a cultural divide, and that uh, we didn't we came to understand our enemy in World War II. The Japanese, being imperial, they believed that their emperor was a, was a de was God was deity. And so they were willing to give their life for the emperor and to the end of that. And so um, I don't have the mics touching. Anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm trying not to pulpit the table. Um, they didn't have, they didn't have, um, they were willing to die. They, they were, you know, the whole, we know about kamikaze pilots and stuff like that. But they saw the world in a different way and it defined how they expressed um, life and how they, they expressed the way that they wanted to fight. And so one of the things that, the way that they would, the life that they would fight for. And so one of the things that, um, that, uh, that, that came about from that was Americans had to learn how to, to put the, to battle uh, an enemy that wasn't willing to preserve life. They were willing to throw life away. I guess that's what I'm, I'm getting at here. And it actually relates to the thing I wanna talk about because it's really important to understand that we are in a battle in our country of opposing worldviews. Yeah, we and, talked a little bit about that recently, but yeah, that's, I agree. And so while it's really cool that those ships have come to the surface to remind us of those things, because also the fact that, you know, the volcano erupted underneath them and didn't cover them, it just rose them to the surface by making the island bigger. That's just cool on itself, <laughs> on its face. But, but when we look at what's going on and what happened in the election last night, there's some out there who are saying that it's a, um, it's the, the, there's people are saying this is a thing and it's not. And I don't think that's what is important for what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes today. 
And that is about how we see the world. Um, I think what was sad to me is that parents are taking an interest because they found out what was being taught in the school system. And as a result, there was they're, they're calling this the mom rebellion in Virginia or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, we wonder, was that accidentally because of COVID, which I've been saying I'm thankful for COVID crisis only for that one reason. It's right. awakened parents to to even consider what's going on with their kids in school or what their kids are being taught because they've had to come home and had to consider, <laughs> you know, first of all, how to balance that, um, which we've always thought was the priority, but a lot of people haven't seen that. They've kind of handed their children off to the public school system, I guess in a sort of sense of trusting that this nation is uh, what they believe you know, on the right track, so surely they'll be taught the right things. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand anyone who would trust their children just to <laughs> dump them off of somebody that they've never right. studied exactly what's going on. But, I mean, you know, most people, if they put their kids in daycare, whatever, they, they want to kind of know what's going on at the daycare when they're, yeah, you when know, they're little, When they're really stuff. little, we don't worry about them too much, it seems like. No, I think it's right the opposite. I mean, that, that's we, what we're more concerned about them. That's what I meant to say. I apologize. Yeah, I feel um, like we will do our research is what I'm saying. Whereas when it gets to public school system, it's as if we, well, that's an automatic. We sh they're going to do the best with our kids. <laughs> they're going to do better than we do with our kids. That's what most people think. And I, and I think that's, that's be. because we have, a, as a, again, this goes to culture, our natural culture in America. And this is because of our roots, is we have a little bit of goodwill built in us. Um, and we, and school systems were initially, if you go to a small town, when we first took our first church at Wolf City, Texas, town of 1,500 people, everyone knew everyone. And the school board of that town they came from every, we knew every little thing was going on. So parents were keyed in and trusting with the larger stuff. But the thing that you and I were talking about earlier um, is about overall that parents in general weren't concerned about what was being taught to their children until this inflammatory issue came. The issue is yeah. not important. It's deeper than that. And so but, let's talk to me an, a little bit about that. There's another angle on that that just occurred to me as you're saying that one thing we're taught in this country too, is there's an expert at this or an expert at that or a whatever it's some sort of glorified well i can't really do that so i'll leave that up to so and so or whatever and because of that it belittles parents in this sense to think well no just leave the quote education up to us so it's been built into a mindset of americans that public education is for their best it's for the children it's for the you know um the good of america to educate our kids whatever okay education's one thing but what are you educating them on it does do, do parents ever question that that's what we're wanting to talk about right now i think because the bottom line is education the word education means learning it, it means you know we didn't even look up the actual definition from the dictionary but um, from my viewpoint of perspective, I, I would assume it means putting them into their minds information they're going to be able to use. Well, right. in the one sense, that may be true. In another sense, it has completely changed the way our kids see the world. So what are they actually being taught? Originally, we thought it was the three R's, it's called, even though they don't start with an R, but <laughs> reading, writing, yeah, <laughs> reading, writing, and arithmetic, you know, none of them yeah, except the first one starts with R, but that was originally what it was supposed to be, literally just some absolutes that were kind of concrete that didn't seem like you had to, quote, trust anyone. They just, if you knew math, you could teach my child math, you know, that kind of thing. Right. These days, and I don't know, I think it started really from square one when we had, and I tried to look up some of that information. I, 
I still need to look up more of it, but Chris Clicka, one of the um, big uh, homeschool legal defense uh, attorneys from way back, had done some research about the beginning, or maybe he even knew it because of his law work, but uh, about the actual beginning of the public education, uh, the Board of Education and the public school mandate, or not, it's not mandate, but... Uh, you know when it, when it was when it was began as a uh, completed directive or whatever you would call it over the entire country. Anyway, it was established for to and I I need to again I need to look that um, quote up. But to indoctrinate humanism that's that's actually in the correct in the actual um, beginning. Uh, what are they called when? They write out like the bylaws. Anyway, founding documents or mission statement. Or yeah, it was in like bylaws or court. Yeah, exactly. All that of the beginning um, public paradigm. school movement. So anyway, what what I think didn't get told was were those philosophies that were supposed to be because again, parents may have been talked into. Oh well, you don't know math well enough. Don't worry, we'll teach you okay, math so you can keep that. So I think parents thought I can trust them to teach my kids some of these basics. They weren't told the whole story to me, even from the beginning. However, yeah. it's starting to come to light. That's what I'm okay, trying to get let at. Me, let me ask you this: I don't, I don't, is I don't know. Click a. I know who he is, and I've listened to him in the past, but. But um, that we're talking though about the nationalization right. of the school system, not the local community of the school system. We're talking about the, are they the same thing. In other words, when oh, it very much is. If we go back to the a, wild, it's west, a nationalized system. Well, if you came out to the prairie, you know they hired teachers to come in to help with managing children and stuff while they worked the farms and whatever. And those were very controlled small communities. And we teach this even in church life that church doesn't happen from a big pulpit where a guys teaching. The, the stories, life happens in smaller communities right. and there's more where, where attention to detail can be given. Um, the, the issue that I thought about with this nationalization of school and these kinds of things is that we're surrendering, and I think this is what you're saying, is we're surrendering our children to this national headless monster that has a different agenda than we do that we don't even know how to check yeah. or balance. And I don't know exactly when that uh came to light like some of those smaller communities that were were sent these school marms and stuff to to try to have these one-room schools and such were legitimately probably up front to to teach kids english you know um grammar uh, uh the writing you know logistics arithmetic and maybe even some absolute um there was some training skills involved like uh some apprenticeship type things where they could learn uh, back in the early days, even of, I I believe even when my mom was a girl and some of a, uh, some people I knew, you could use some you could learn practical skills like sewing and cooking and some of that stuff, but but all along, I, what I'm trying to say is there was actually an underlying agenda that I don't think anybody saw, and and it may have started even back from those school marms who were sent and kind of overseen. However, like you're saying, they could be more easily mm, scrutinized maybe. Because yeah. of the smaller communities, because they would probably be more involved. But what I was trying to get at the very beginning is it, it's parents have been made to believe that they don't know enough to be able to teach their own kids. And and that's, to me, the farthest from the truth. Okay. Now, there may be 
Appalachian, you know, way back in the day, yeah. Appalachian people who might not be able to read. So they would give their children or uh, to someone who could teach them to yeah, read right, because right. they couldn't. That's, that's, why that's they fine. Hired the, that's why they would hire a teacher to come. Yeah, out. and it's reasonable to understand that there are skills you don't have that someone else could teach them. But what I think what happened even in that day is that they gave it up to that 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 person knows more than I do in every other area. Let me, and that's not necessarily true. That That wasn't even true then. Let me ask you about the it. Gave it up. To give up math to someone who understands math is one thing. To give up spelling and, and English and, and those those are those are uh, for the lack of a better phrase they're relatively amoral. Kind of we absolutes. assume them as yeah, amoral. Kind of, yeah. The character instruction is the thing that mm-hmm. I think I'm. What we're having right now is an argument over what is the core belief systems that are being indoctrinated into into children. Okay. And what That's I'm the trying argument to, that parents right. are going, wait a minute, we sent them right. for math and English and you're giving us this. Well, and what I'm trying to tell you is at the very beginning, these school moms were referring to that were sent to these smaller schools. There was actually school, like for in, instance, the McGuffey readers were used early on and those were based on scripture. Those were actually yeah, scripture had was scripture used as a basic force. textbook because it was most printed and available book exactly. out there and, even, and it encapsulated the values, the core values of the community. Right. And I think it's 1849 or something like that, um, Daniel Webster's Dictionary defines things according to scripture. There's even scriptures in the actual definition and of just things. just think they've changed so, the definition of vaccine lately. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the bottom line is there was a time, though, that that switched. Mm-hmm. And that was all of a sudden somehow keeping... Um, the religion out of the state or the state out of religion. And man, that's a whole conversation too. But that's, I believe when these, what I was referring to as the, um, the kind of bylaws of the public school system were actually written down. And that's early. um, I want to say early 1900s, but I'm not exactly sure the day. That's why I wanted to find that research. We'll we'll find it though, because I'm going to, I'm going to look that up um, for parents who are interested in knowing. But the, the bottom line is there was a switch. There was a switch to what is truth now and what is based on truth. And now what are we teaching okay. children? Again, the so amoral push, things got back. set aside almost. So we started with this um, concept of, you know, surrendering. Like I said, my concern is not that of the of what they're attacking right now. It's just a thing that has gotten people's attention because of a pandemic that forced p- parents to walk past rooms. That to kids find out go, what they're being taught. What the heck? What did mm-hmm. you just hear? Yeah, exactly. And so that created, um, when parents found out there was something they were disagreeing with, which is fine, whatever it is. So now my concern was now parents are going, uh, paying attention again. And that's that's a chance for reform revi- or, or just or even just questioning and challenging just, yeah. and yeah, parents saying. engaging with their children completely. But the the, the thing is, so they were fine. Well, but one of the main uh, people running, which I don't know if we should name names or not, that McAuliffe that lost, said um, he didn't believe the parents should even have anything to do with. Yeah, you don't the make a statement curriculum. like that and hope to win an election. I was going to say because parents themselves, if they care at all about their children, which right. I guess is what they have to evaluate, they better be able to. Um, speak into it they better want right. to speak into and it and i think that the referendum that the, the way that virginia race went was an indicator that parents that they crossed the line and parents are like don't tell me i don't care about my children it, even mm-hmm. if the yeah, parent is the kind of parent that and I, i'm gonna make a little parent stereotype here <laughs> that you know parent that just drops their kid off and doesn't worry about them and really doesn't care about or, what's going on or in school. really does trust which yeah and even I if the parent agrees a... with everything that's being taught in the school if you tell that parent they don't care and don't have a say uh, you just lost yeah. everything <laughs> you don't ever tell a mom she doesn't have control over her child even if she doesn't she's going to tell you <laughs> I, you don't tell me i can't have control over my child well so or like you said 
or accusing that of being not caring because they do care whether or not they are challenged on it or realize that they've handed that over to somebody. I think that was what it was. I think the parents finally realized, oh, wow, I guess I didn't actually know what was being taught or I didn't know I had such a need to say something. And so all of a sudden, and now these school boards were were literally chastising these parents for stepping in at all, which is their right, again, as parents, to speak to supposed servants of the school. Yeah. So what they what we've learned over the last several months since this thing is ignited is that the people who had been getting control or getting being given power to dictate um, the standards for which our children or which children would be educated in whatever school district they're in, which is being dictated from a national agenda, which came about during the Bush administration when they talked about um, no child left behind, no child left behind and all that, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's both sides of the political aisle. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when we look at that, where we're at, then people are going, wait a minute, some of this has been taken and pushed in a, in a direction. So I guess there's two things. We need to understand that decisions we make 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Do matter. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, my biggest alarm was that we as in this is like, why is it that we don't know what's going on? Or why is it that parents are just now interested? And I wanted to say this, and I'm going to ask you a question. So bear with me for a second. You and I weren't PTA attenders. We weren't school board attenders. We didn't go to school board meetings growing up, mainly because we homeschooled our children, but they hit high school, and some of them were like, we want to go to high school, not Josiah, but uh, some of the <laughs> other ones. That, you know, Hannah wanted to go to high school. Uh, Elijah went to a, a charter school for a bit of time, and he's like, and now I'm in college, so I'm a big boy. Um, and but there's a and and even listening to Judah talk with his sisters earlier today, you know, he's saying this is an emphasis at my school is on on uh, patriotism. But sometimes I feel it's too much on patriotism, it's like leaving Jesus out of it a little bit at times. Oh, and, yeah. and so I'm like, wow, that's an interesting criticism that you probably should tell someone. Yeah. So right. Judah, you're out there listening, give him a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, but the uh, so outside resources are doing this. And so I'm thinking we as parents need to hold that. And you and I chose to do that. So my question for you is, and we surrendered. Um, I'm going to say this one more time this way. We surrendered, uh, parents t- are surrendering to the school system, the freedom to make all the decisions regarding everything their children learns, not just the, yeah. re- the reading, writing, arithmetic, exactly. but what they call sociology, civics, these things that have to do with how we function within our civilization. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there's two ways to see things. And this is the question I'm coming to. There's two ways to see things, two worldviews. There's a, there's from a human, it starts with me point of view. And from a God, or it starts from a higher being, and for us, Christianity, from, from God's point of view. So those, that, those things are a platform by which we build and see everything through. If okay. You, so and if you're I coming would, from a humanistic point of view, you're going to say, I'm the center of everything, what I think goes. Yeah, I would challenge you on that because I think it's what we decide is actual truth. So what you say or that what... That was my question. I was getting to yeah. so how would you frame it was the follow-up. Right. So. so my frame would be what what do we call truth? Because you can say something. Again, back to the whole expert thing. If you say something, are you all of a sudden an expert on it? What about going to school? Well, it still depends on who taught you whatever you're going to think you learn. So-and-so wrote this book. Well, what makes them an expert? Here we go. We're, we're going to kind of go in a round circle of what makes someone know something and and why do we need to learn it from them <laughs> you know so right and when you hand your child off to another whole, person your child is not yet in a place where they can critically think about that you and i are, you just said that yeah, here's exactly. the things you need to think about you just said right well you give your child to someone and they're going well mom knows how to think right and so this thing 
this thing, this person is probably just as good as mom because you've you've in hand you've handled yeah, them over. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they trust you. They're always going to say young. they're trusting that you. Yeah, have basically told them to trust. You're this endorsing or that it. person. Yeah. So some kids are like confused probably why their parents are like, why are you yelling about this now? I just came home and told you things and you gave them to me. And that's a really good thought, and I think parents don't consider that that that's what they're saying. So then, if they don't know what's being taught, but they're endorsing it. And so then, like you said, they lose their children because they're not thinking along the same lines as that as they do. That's what my mom used to always say. What you want to raise your kids to do is think like you do. Well, there's the other part of that is how do you think? How do I think? What do I base truth on? Right. Well, to me, our view would be the biblical worldview because we believe the Bible is what truth is based on. All truth has to come back to what God said. So God's word is what we have as evidence of his truth. Nothing else in all of human thoughts would be based on uh, something that has uh, endured time, endured uh, criticism of all kinds like Bible has. Nothing would be, to me, nothing anyone would say that they could back all the way up to where they would get their truth, quote unquote, from, would hold water unless they can back up to something as credible as the Bible is. And and according to your um, research and such, too, there's no manuscript on earth that has as much credibility as the Bible does yeah. to have sustained as long as it has, to be as truthful and not never been debunked as it has, as well as to be... Um, from so many different authors to coordinate the same type of message to the world, whatever. So what are these parents saying that they should trust or telling their kids to trust? Well, they're just telling their kids to go and trust whoever wrote this or that book, whatever this or that person said. There's no basis to it. So that's why it was really important for us to teach our kids to base their lives on what the Bible would call a foundation of stone, of rock, which again, is Jesus who is reliable truth, who right. who would be the bank, you know, that they could tr- um, rely on to fall back on as always true. Because the bottom line is, again, somebody might be an expert at that, but does that really mean that they know everything there right. is to know about this or that? Let me, let me ask you a question. So one of the things that... Um, I always love how I ask a question that I need to, I feel like I need to paraphrase a thousand things around to get to it. What, because this is going to be a little bit shorter today than we've been in the past. We probably need to get better at being shorter anyway, but, um, cause we're, uh, we've got some things we got to do here in a few minutes, but, but I want to, to I want to ask, like I said earlier, we weren't going to PTA meetings and things like that. Even when our kids were in high school, we didn't concern ourselves with trying to change a system that we didn't think we could change at the time. Uh, but our kids so far, I mean, we still have Elijah yet. He's over here and you know, doing our engineering for us and he hasn't left the house yet. He may just throw it all out and say, our parents are stupid and go to his own thing. But so far that hasn't been the case. Um, what do you think it is that since we didn't send them to school that made our kids actually choose to disagree with some of the stuff they were being tried to taught, not only in school, but to college levels. I can still remember Josiah coming home from some of his community college courses going, you won't believe stupid stuff I'm learning in school. Today. He had his own mind about things. What did that well, so again, one thing that you mentioned, I think, was tr- trying to teach children to think on their own, first of all. I believe education is actually more about teaching a child or someone how to learn because they're always going to be learning. So one of the angles is teaching them how to 
critically think about what they're reading, hearing, whatever. And again, to base it and, and critically think it, quote, based on the truth that they know is reliable. So if you're coming from a biblical worldview, then anything that they're hearing prayerfully, hopefully, they're going to be bouncing off of what they know to be true because of what we've taught them and what the Bible says. So they can go back to the Bible themselves or they can come back to us. And so now is that do you just tell them? I mean, you got to teach them there's instruction involved. Teach them. I, but how do, how do they catch it? How do yeah, they how do they good. just do they listen to you now? Here's how you think you got to think this way. <laughs> question everybody. Question yeah, everything. Right. Um, don't accept me. No, um, <laughs> well, one thing you and I said the when we were talking about this earlier is um, character issues are more caught than they are taught. So they're going to look at what we do. One of the things we always do is that when whenever we have a piece of information, we try to understand it from uh, maybe several different people's point of view, but we always go back to what does the Bible say? Because we have been taught to saturate ourselves in an understanding of what the Bible says about life and, and in general so many different things, that that is kind of just an in us. The Holy Spirit teaches us that truth. So first we want to educate them on, on trusting God rather than trusting man. Well, and then when they hear those truths, yeah. to, to first of all, to ask those who understand better, hopefully and prayerfully first us because they trust us or because we are their teachers first of all and then you know elders that we might trust whatever but um what would you what do you think because i think they caught that somehow without us actually saying so think about it this way but when we would sit around the table and we would discuss even the bible i would ask them questions well find the answer here let's look yeah. you know at this well, we, so yeah, we, we give them the tools we discussed yeah. a whole um i think it was Exodus 15, oh, it was Genesis 15, I don't know. There was a whole chapter that we talked about the tax system. And it was all based on the original um, tax system in the Bible is Joseph who uh, preserved Egypt and all of all of the Israeli people because of uh, 20, it was a 20%, I think, one-fifth, whatever, tax that he put on the people to put in reserve so that they would have because yeah. he knew these drought years were coming anyway drought, it was a yeah. it was a, an example of a tax system um and you know so there's all kinds of that kind of thing that they can learn from straight from the bible and then because of that they'll they can weigh what they're hearing other places come back and say well is that truth is that based on yeah, those any stories kind of every truth? story in the scriptures when you teach your children stories and you know, a lot of people would say, well, you could teach them all kinds of moral tales, Aesop's fables and all that stuff. A Aesop, I just yeah. made it. There's a new set of fables. It's Aesop's other brother. Well, it has an E smushed together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Aesop when he it's forgot to leave the, the <laughs> AM. Oh, my gosh. I'm weird. Um, the, there's Moral tales, though. They're, they're what are they based tales. on? Is that and, what you're saying? And understand the Bible. But any kind of moral. Well, it's, it's, categori still. it's categorizing a history. The thing that makes it believable is it's not – most books of um, – character that have characters in them that are noble characters that you know these are the noble they don't yeah, show any blemishes <laughs> the bible seems to like really like to point out your flaws you know i was looking at um, jacob's story today and you know this guy struggled with being um arrogant in the early days and then he met deceptive, god, and, then and, deceptive. Yeah. and then in the end um he has a little wrestling match with with god and he winds up being broken and so the, mm -hmm. it, it shows that this his arrogance just plagues his life and and, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit 
more, but I'm not here. Uh, but later on, maybe I'll bring it back. But to this. one thing but, at, that you can teach children through the examples of Scripture are men like this who were broken, who did make mistakes, but who went, always went back to God to find the answer, or always struggled toward God to to know knowing that He was the safe place. Right. So I think teaching children where the safe place to trust is, so that they don't languish out there. Children want boundaries. They want to know who they're supposed to trust. If you're putting them in a classroom setting with 30 other kids and you got one teacher who may or may not have this or that book to show them the truth or whatever, what are they really learning? Yeah. Well, they're probably learning from so-and-so in the desk next to them. My mom said this or my yeah. dad said this or so-and-so big boy whatever that bullied me the other day said this. We should believe that. I mean, it's never that they're actually going to trust that one teacher who said this one thing. Right. Well, long before children It's the are, most influence. I'm sorry. Right? Yeah, it's the mm -hmm. most influence. I said long before children are um, critical thinkers, they're mirrors. Uh, yeah. And so they tend to reflect what they see around them. And so you asked me a minute ago, what do I think is important? And you said, um, you know, we instruct them in the scripture. And, we, and, and I think the second thing is, um, that is that it's caught. It's not just taught. It's caught because they see it in us with truth and reflect it. I think our children still um, follow Jesus. They've all had their struggles now and again. They've all had their questions because I think everyone has a crisis of faith when you go from being your parents' reflection to being your own person. Um, and I think that's necessary. Uh, it's and I think it's just it's, in, it's built you. in. You have to, it's built yeah. in. But I um, and I think in a healthy worldview. Uh, you, if you honor your parents, if you come from a culture that's honorable, you honor your parents. And even while you go through that crisis, you're going to default in your mind that my parents should have been, hopefully, if the parents were living for the Lord or living a moral foundation that's honorable, then you're going to be wanting to cling to that even if you're trying, even if you're questioning it. But I think our kids are where they are today because when they look at us, we are like those Bible stories. Not that we <laughs> yeah. deserve to be in the Bible, but all the bad things that are in the Bible, we've done a lot of those things <laughs> ourselves, and yet we still um, love each other. Um, we haven't, I mean, you know, we haven't done a lot. Of, we haven't, there's a lot of things in the Bible we haven't done. Hopefully. <laughs> Several of them are not on my bucket list. Um, but uh, <clears throat> No, but I know what you're saying. Although Hopefully, walking across Jerusalem would be kind of Israel. Would be yeah, kind that cool. would be cool. Go ahead. Hopefully, we've been as honest with them as we can that we are not of this superhuman type of we know everything or do everything, but we have someone we trust in because we are flawed like this or that character or we've gone through the exact same emotions that this character's gone through or we've, you know, studied the Proverbs because we don't have wisdom on our own or that yeah. kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? I, hope I am saying that except for you're way too humble because you're very much superhuman. <laughs> I've seen you. Yes, uh, I'll you, just get my cape you, out now. The, the first, oh, well, a mother who gives birth one time is a superhuman and after that it's just like you know what is it called in in gaming world god mode <laughs> nope my son just looks at Not me with these blank eyes those are uh, things god uh god enabled god women to do so god mode that's is cool i had to make the most of it you know <laughs> well there is there's something the, the other thing to say is discipline i would add that in there and this is for instructing you know and i don't mean discipline in the in the beating them I mean, it's our kids see that we have certain things in our lives. We don't just talk about our relationship with God. We work and strive to have our relationship with God. And um, and they see us with our Bible, 
Well, you have your Bible and you're spread yeah, on the I table know, all the time. Spread all over yeah. everywhere. You're not showing <laughs> off. You just you just like where did I? And we we know you're not showing no, off because the messy. most important question of the day is where did I leave my coffee cup? Yeah, and Elijah or anyone will say it's in the microwave, likely, and we'll go open the microwave, and there it is, three hours later. But um, the Bible stays out because I don't get it ever finished. I guess that's a good thing. You should try in to read the whole thing every day. Okay, thanks. If no that's taken. your goal, you really are shooting to God mode. No, I usually don't even get the one small pass. I'm trying to finish but but I do I like the um I always love the idea that Ruth Bell Graham was supposedly always kept her Bible out on the counter because and the kids would ask her questions she'd be like just give me a few minutes I gotta consult you know and I'll give you some answers later or whatever but she was known to always have like the Proverbs open because she needed the wisdom right. all day long you know right. especially with raising a bunch of kids but it's true that I don't I don't want, here's here's the truth. I don't want to ever be seen as an expert at anything because I don't believe myself to be high enough on my own, in my own skill to be, quote, an expert. doesn't mean I can't teach. doesn't mean I won't influence because you do in everything you do. But if we see ourselves as those experts, then we're going to fall flat on our ba- right. face. The Bible says, you know, we'll be humbled if we <laughs> decide that we're going to be puffed up that way. So instead. Well, we no, we're not an expert. But we do try. We've dis- discipline is trying. Discipline isn't really. Well, di- I feel like knowing the expert is the whole point. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we know yeah. the one who's the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. 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 Well, the Bible says he's the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge. And duh, if he created us, he would be. So to know the one who knows is better. And What's I do think like for so children much? to be taught. Um, Go ahead. To, to do that, to always question, because it's only God that really does know. Everyone else is like Say that again. to fraud. Ch- teach children to always question. Yeah, to always question because they, first of all, there's two different angles on this. First, they need to trust authority because God has given them authority. Right. But number two, it's okay to question authority too, because even, I believe even Job had to, he had to question God even. But he trusted him because he was his authority. So there's, yeah. it's not that you, so naturally children rebel. <laughs> I never thought about you know, God, there's a uh, rebellion. <laughs> well, the, well, there's sorry. a natural rebellion that kids are going to do anyway, is I what have, I'm trying to say. So it's not that yeah. you can stop that questioning authority. They're going to do it. Yeah. So you trust authority, but it's okay to question what you don't understand, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, was I don't gonna, want you to question that God knows everything because he does. Right. I want you to ask him the questions not um be angry because you don't have the right answers or you can't figure them out so you go away from god and, and be sometimes angry you may get an answer like him. job got you just the reason i laugh is because <laughs> i just realized that job is in this story god is the parent who goes you know what because I know a lot of things you don't know, <laughs> why are you even bothering to ask exactly, me these questions? Exactly. You know, God, the humor there's, there's two that, chapters of where yeah. were you when the Leviathan exactly. was made, and and where were you when the foundations of the explain uh-huh. to me how all this happens? And well, the funny Job's thing about like, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm done. I have no idea. The funny so just, thing about you our just home justified us because I said so. For yeah, the rest of my life. <laughs> exactly. Right. The funny thing about our home was I don't I don't like the kids to question us at all, and I don't yeah. think it's right at times. Then there are other times that they and and I think you'll you know those times. My mom and I always, always talked about how before five years old they shouldn't question you at all. You should be absolute. But then as you as they develop 
um, voca- uh, vocabulary skills and understandings. Mm-hmm. You have conversations with them. You let them question, but then you also come down to God is the truth. You know, always, right. and whether or not you can always say whether or not I know exactly the answer for you. You need to also trust me because God's given you me to trust. But kids are natural at that. They're natural at trusting, and if you're encouraging them to trust you because you, you love them, they're gonna they're gonna naturally trust. They're also gonna naturally question. And then when you take them to God to say, but it stops here, whether or not you understand, and always my mom's favorite was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, don't worry about your own understanding, but instead trust God and and believe him and seek him and acknowledge him, and he's going to make your path straight. He's going to make it in front of you. Even if you don't understand, you'll be able to trust him. Right. The, the problem I think with today, and I heard somebody wrote a book recently and I mean, literally just like this last few weeks has been out, um, is atheism dead? Oh, it's Eric Metaxas, I think. Anyway, and I think what he's trying to get at is the the neo-atheism mm-hmm. is to walk away from God and be angry. It's not actually to doubt God. In fact, they would probably, if put in a corner, say they know there's a God. They're just so angry they cannot. Right. Well, and that's another conversation of the day. Is, uh, yeah. The whole, Am I really having an academic conversation? I would let yeah. me rephrase it. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase atheism for you. Am I really having an academic conversation with you, or am I just hurt and want to justify my beliefs? Yeah. That's that's <laughs> my definition that's of atheism. I'll I'll put that for another thing. We need to wrap this up though. We're out of time. We've got okay. some other things we need to do. So I'm sure the music will start playing here in a second. And as we <laughs> um, wrap that up, I want to thank you for. I'll look at the camera now, and so you can look at me. I want to thank you for coming to ask mom and dad and being here with us for however long we were doing this today. And um, Hope that you'll come back and do it again with us again, maybe next week. That's the goal every week to try to do this, but it is a goal to purpose. So anyway, God bless you, and we'll see you next time we do this. Take care.